Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Welcome to the new normal and happy grandparents day. Uh, let me just ask you a question. Imagine with me what could happen with born-again men and women who walk in unity and in a holy calling and a purpose. What could happen with a group of people like that? And I'll tell you what could happen. The Scripture tells us, Deuteronomy 32.30, which is my text. Deuteronomy 32.30, it says this. How could one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight unless their rock had sold them and the Lord had surrendered them? The bottom line is this, if you tear that apart, with the Lord on our side, one of us can put a thousand to flight and two of us can put ten thousand to flight. Our effectiveness, our victory is exponentially greater as we partner together. And today I'm going to start a three-part series entitled Better Together. Shall we pray? Father, thank you so much for your goodness, for your kindness, for your word. I pray that you would bless this time together, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It may look like we just divided life point in two, but the truth is we just multiplied life point by two. (laughs) There's no division here, just multiplication, and we're moving forward into our future. And I want you to hear me well. Life point is moving forward from a season of addition into a season of multiplication. And that's exactly what the first church did. Acts 2.47 says, And the Lord added to the church. But by the time you get to Acts 6.7, it says, And the number of disciples multiplied greatly. What made the difference? Where there were several things. One thing in particular I want to focus on. They were meeting in large settings. They were meeting in small groups, house to house. And then in Acts chapter 6, they organized teams and got people involved who had just been sitting on the sidelines to look after each other, to look after the widows, to look after different ones in the church. And the church began to grow exponentially, began to explode. Listen, we meet in large settings on Sundays and on Wednesdays and in life groups. And we also have teams that I believe make LifePoint happen. And if you're new around here, I want to encourage you, get involved. Sign up for a life group. You can sign up in the foyer today. We've already started some of them. How how many of you have enjoyed your life groups this semester? Wow, they've been phenomenal so far. Ate like a pig the other night. With We have an eat-out group, right? It's called the gluttony group. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not the gluttony group. But I I felt like I was a glutton after I ate out with the eat-out group. But get involved in a group. We had a healing Bible study here yesterday. There's groups, married groups, all kind of groups going on. Get involved in a a group. You can sign up. If you've never gone through Discover Life, you can sign up at the VIP table. Ask a volunteer. Uh, And and that starts two Sundays from now, September 23rd, and it will be during the 9 a.m. service. Get involved. We want our Sunday gatherings to grow. We want our Wednesday gatherings to grow. We want our life groups to grow. We want our team cooperation to grow. And the reason why is because we are better 
together. Everybody say that. Better together. Say better together. Now, Valerie makes a mean gumbo, y'all. I've been trying to get her to make some gumbo for me this year, and, well, she's she been busy having grandkids and all that. But she makes a mean gumbo. And I'm going to tell you something. Gumbo has a lot of pieces to it, doesn't it? Undoing. So here's what you do. You, you, I, and I don't make gumbo, okay? Randy, I don't make gumbo. Valerie, amen, right? Yeah, not even close. I just sample it. I'm like, ooh, it's tasting good. Ooh. But, like, you start out with a roux, right? Now, some of y'all make your own roux, and, and, but, but you start out and you, you put that roux in, in the pot, and, and you put some, some onions in the pot, right? You put some bell peppers in the pot, and if you don't feel like chopping them all up, you go buy them frozen that are already chopped up for you. Do you know what I'm talking about? And, and you put them in the pot, and you put some celery in the pot, you put some andouille in the pot, and, and let's not forget the okra. You put, that's what gumbo means. You know, that's the origin of the word. It means okra, gumbo does. So, so you put some okra, uh, you put some okra into the, into, I'm going to make a mess up here. I got to do this twice too, y'all. So you, you put some okra. Now listen, every single one of those ingredients has a unique and awesome flavor on its own. But listen, they're not gumbo. It's not until you put them all together that you have gumbo. And each of those may be good, but they're better together. Can I tell you that's the way the church is? There's individuals in this room. You have your own flavor, different personalities, different backgrounds. There's a variety and a diversity in this house. But when you put us all together, we're richer. We're fuller. We're stronger, more robust, more effective. We're the life point gumbo. And I believe God's put us all together for such a time as this. Because heaven is real. Hell is hot. People need to know about Jesus. Jesus is coming soon. And we've got a job to do. And one can put a 1,000 to flight. And two can put 10,000. We're better together. Say better together. Have I ever told you this? Listen, individually. Have I ever said this to you? Life point is better when you're here. Have I said it to you? Have I said life point's not as good when you're not here? I, that's a regular thing that I say. If you miss a Sunday, you're going to hear from me. Life point's better when you're here. And it really is because you bring a flavor that nobody else has. Your personality, your background, your gifts, talents, your culture, they're necessary and valuable ingredients. Now, let me ask you something. Do you, you probably don't know what this is, but let me introduce you to it. This right here, this is an attendance sheet. We take attendance at LifePoint. We count people because people count. But you could also look at this and say, this is a list of ingredients that are necessary for the LifePoint gumbo. And you are a piece of the ingredients. You're a part of that gumbo that, that is stirred up here on a regular basis. Can I tell you, Life Point is better when you're here, whether it's the 9 o'clock or the 1045 service. When you're there, it's better. When, when you're at the marriage group or the cooking group or the eat-out group or the sewing group, it's better when you're there. If you're on a team like parking cars or, or being an usher or helping out in some respect, 
It's better when you're there. You may say, Donovan, you don't understand. I just add a little bit. I don't think I, I really add very much to the, to the mix. Well, in, in the gumbo, if you leave the salt out, something's missing, right? If you, if you leave the okra out, something's missing. If you leave the chicken out, something's missing. If you leave one of those ingredients out, something's missing. And maybe you're just supposed to be the lanyap, you know? Maybe you're just the Tabasco sauce of Life Point. Nick, Nick Tracy, I think you're the Tabasco sauce of Life Point. That's right there for you. Maybe you just the sassafras, right? The, the, the filet. Maybe you just a filet. I'm that guy. I'm, I'm always putting a little filet in my gumbo and, and some Tabasco. Maybe you're just the lanyard, but you bring something that nobody else brings. God puts you in this house for a reason and for a purpose. It's to change the world. It's to bring Jesus and people together. Amen? I'll get it out. Awesome. It's great. Great, man. That's, you're part of it. We, we work so hard. Paul said... Can the foot say to the hand, I have no need of you? No, what he's saying is every part counts. And we work so hard to create community through life groups and and teams and events. We're always trying to connect people to get them in the mix. I I loved it today. Greg told me, he showed up early. He said, Pastor, he's not, I don't think, you just went through Discover Life. Didn't you just go through Discover Life? Just went through Discover Life. And and he, he showed up, rolled his sleeves up, and he said, Pastor, what can I do? I just want to serve in that first service. What can I do? I love that, getting in the life of the church. There's something powerful because we're better together, and one can put 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. Come on, give them some praise. Can you do it? Romans 12, 13, Paul commands the church to practice hospitality. The Greek word for hospitality is Philoxenia, philoxenia, something like that. It's really an oxymoron. It literally means to show the love of friends, philio, to strangers. To show the love of friends to strangers. The opposite of that word is xenophobia, the fear of the unknown or strangers or foreigners. Listen. Strangers won't stay strangers for long if you show them the love of a friend. If you will sow the love of friends to strangers, you'll reap a harvest of friends from strangers. They'll become your friends. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must show himself friendly. I want to encourage you, rather than shying away from those you don't really know, or those that are maybe not even like you, why don't you lean in and embrace and show the love of friends, the love of Christ to strangers and to new people? I'm telling you, they will become your friends. And then you and them both will need to get out and repeat the process and turn this into exponential growth, turn it into uh, multiplication. Too often, we're so picky about who we're going to befriend. We, we want the right people. You know what I mean? The right people. Either that are like us or that we think can improve our station in life. Or we only want the hassle-free people. The people that have no problems. Or we only want people who have it all together. 
Listen, within the word hospitality is another word. Can we put that word on the screen? Look and see if you see another word in hospitality. Hospital. (laughs) Do you know who goes to hospitals? Sick people. People who need help. Let me ask you, who goes to church? People who need help. Hospitals have teams of people from all different backgrounds who work together to help people who need help. Think about it. You go to a hospital, they've got parkers, greeters, direction givers, cooks, cleaners, security administrators, doctors, nurses, pharmacies, uh, nutritionists, social workers, surgeons, radiologists, specialists, teachers of all kinds, technicians, kind of a medical gumbo. And they're all there for one purpose, to help people who need help. Listen, a hospital with no patients is a hospital that has forgotten its mission and its mandate. And a church with no lost people is a church that has forgotten its mission and its mandate. Listen, show some hospitality to people who need help, ones that are struggling, ones that are hurting, ones that are down and out, up and out, confused, lost their way. Watch what God does when you show hospitality to strangers. I'm convinced that nobody has gone too far that Jesus can't save them. I'm convinced of that. I believe Jesus can change anybody, anywhere, anytime. Can, can, do you understand what I'm saying? How many of you know what God did in your life? It's far, far away, but God found a way to get to me. And when God touches you and stabilizes you, you need to start helping others who need help. You've got to turn it around and Pay it forward and start helping somebody else. All of our teams are there to help people who need help. That's why we are all over guests when they walk in the house. In India, they have this tradition. I can't pronounce the the language, the, the, the wording here, but it literally means they see guests. They say the guest is God. Now, I don't believe that, but I do believe what Jesus said. When you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. We're all over people who need help. God wants to fill this house up again and again and again with people who need help. What good is an anointing to heal if there's no sick people in the house? What good is an anointing to deliver if there's no one who needs deliverance in the house? I am committed, church, to filling this house again and again with people who have needs. Are you with me? You know why you need to be with me? Because we're better together. One can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. Now, there's an awesome story in your Bible in Luke chapter 5 that it really illustrates being better together and hospitality. Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 17. Now, it happened... On a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find out how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus." 
When he saw, Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began saying, Well, this dude's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? But then when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to him, Why are you reasoning in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and glorified God, filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Here's a story of a man who had a problem. He needed help. He could not get, he was unable to get to Jesus on his own. It was impossible. He couldn't get in the house where Jesus was ministering. But he had four friends. Now, we always look at these four friends as, you know, his buds. But the truth is, we really don't know that. All we know is there were four guys who acted the way friends would act. They were showing hospitality. They were showing the kindness of a friend. But they could have been total strangers who simply chose to show this man the kindness of a friend. That's hospitality. When we choose to love strangers who have struggles as if they were our friends, we have shown hospitality. I'm telling you, when, 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 pe- when young people come to this front and they're burdened down and broken, and they have all kind of problems and addictions and hang-ups. I always try to think of them like, that could be my kid for the grace of God. I want to love on them like they're my kid. I want to show them a love, the love of a friend to a stranger, because I just I want to love on people who need help. When we come across the paths of people we don't know, and we see them struggling, we should be asking ourselves, how can I help? them how can i get them to jesus now in our story that stretcher was a means to an end it was a creative way to transport this man to jesus it was a game plan it was a system a strategy a process to get the man to jesus and to get the man to jesus they had to all work together it took teamwork to make the dream work it took all four of them you see They were better together working as a team. Maybe you know somebody who ought to be in this house on a Sunday. They ought to be here today, or they ought to be here on a Wednesday. Maybe maybe that person had a bad church experience in their past. Maybe something shook their faith when they were younger. Maybe they're just not open right now. And so they won't come with you, but maybe you could get creative. Maybe you could have coffee with them at Starbucks or CC's or PJ's and just hang out a little bit with them and show them some love. Maybe they would go to a sewing life group. Maybe, maybe they would go out to eat with the go out to eat group and not even realize they're in a group. You know? You could get creative. You could make their struggle your struggle. I'm, I'm going to empathize with them 
That, that's, that's really what compassion means, to share their passion, to share their pain. Put yourself in their shoes. Get creative and find a way to connect. Compassion and hospitality form the dynamic duo of evangelism. I'm telling you, we've got to find a way to connect to people who need help. Aren't you glad somebody connected to you when you needed some help, right? Now, they improvised. They made a stretcher. They worked together and finally got the guy in the house or to the house where Jesus was ministering, where the anointing was flowing. So far, so good. Their plan was working. But the place was packed out. It looks like that group there needed a new normal of their own, right? They needed to launch a second service. They were packed in there like sardines. They couldn't even get in the door. So I love it. They would not be stopped. They got to the roof of the house, and they began to tear off the shingles. I I wanted to have shingles up here, but I felt like I already had done too much, you know, like show and tell. But they started ripping off the roof. Getting It literally says they they let him down. They ripped the tiles back to let him down. They had financial liability in this situation. They, They knew they would have to cover the fixing of this roof. But his struggle was so much their struggle that they were willing to pay out of their own pockets. They were willing to sacrifice. They were willing to serve to get this man to Jesus. I love that. It takes a ton of compassion and hospitality and the work of the Holy Spirit to even get people into these doors. And when they get here, we need teams of people that are rolling up their sleeves and sacrificing and serving and finding a way to gently and easily and graciously get people into the presence of the Lord where Jesus can begin to speak to them and speak to their needs and deal with their sin and deal with what they're struggling with. Starts with on this campus parkers and, and greeters and ushers, people like the men in our story who will just not be stopped. People act stubborn. Listen, I'm a pastor, I've been doing this for a long time. Want a lot of people to the Lord, people get all stubborn. You know, they're like, I'm not gonna move, I'm not gonna worship, you know, like I'm just here for the ride, or I'm just here because of him, or I'm just here because of her, and I'm just here. But, man, the presence of God starts moving. People start loving on them. And and the first thing you know, they start tapping their foot, kind of doing bobbing their head. I'm like, man, you have no idea. You just just let me know that you are about to collapse. You are about to fall. Your resistance has dwindled down to nothing. That little tapping of the toe soon turns into the conviction of the Spirit. And Jesus, I'm here for you. I'm telling you, we got to love on people when they come on this this grounds. Love on them. They're struggling, folks. They're struggling. And we need teams to love on people. To love on people. The Bible says when Jesus saw their faith. He said to the man, it was their faith. I want to ask some of our team members right now, are you having faith with these people that walk in the door? You need to have faith like a boss in Jesus' name. I'm going to see you in that baptistry soon. In Jesus' name, God's going to fill you with his spirit. In Jesus' name, you're going to turn from whatever you've been serving to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to become the Lord of all in your life. 
You, we, we've got to have faith. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, think about it. They were responsible for this personal encounter this man had with Jesus. It wasn't just this man, but when he saw their faith, he began to talk to him. Had they not done their part, been part of the ministry gumbo, had they not shown hospitality and been filled with compassion, the man would have never been forgiven or healed. And I'm closing with this. Years ago, Wesley and Kelly invited Valerie and I over for dinner. Uh, and, and it was a setup, like, like a blind date. It was all about us connecting with another couple, Brian and Brittany. And they had been raised in church. They were good kids, but Brian had been questioning and searching. I didn't ask him if I could tell this story. It's all right, though. He just said he can't give me. I could see it on his face. He's like, that's cool. He had not been filled with the Holy Ghost, even though he had been raised around a Pentecostal, spirit-filled church. God had been so good to Wesley and Kelly that they decided to pay it forward and show some hospitality. And, and they began to, to, to make a stretcher. And they became roofers. They began to put together a plan, a, a way to pick up a brother and help him find his way. Uh, I, I love it. A few months ago, uh, God filled Brian with the Holy Ghost, and we baptized him over here on a Monday night during our first Monday prayer. Now, that encounter would not have happened had it not been for some roofers and some stretcher makers and stretcher bearers showing hospitality, using their gifts, and finding a way to facilitate a divine connection. Recently, Milton, who's on our intercessory prayer team, we love Valerie and Milton. Milton connected with Greg in CC's Coffee. I've heard this story from both of these guys. And Greg was struggling, trying to get back to the Lord. And, and, and Milton felt led to, to have a conversation with him, to show him some hospitality, to reach out to a stranger and show him the kindness of a friend. He was willing to go out of his way to help Greg. He started building a stretcher, and Greg was very resistant. No, no, I appreciate it, but no, 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 I'm not. You going to come to church with me? No, no, yes, <laughs> yes. No, 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 yes. He got a yes. He finally got that yes. And, and, and I love it because uh, Milton uh, w w refused to, to take a no for an answer and just kept loving and building a stretch and framing the question differently and working and making the phone call, helping him out. And, and the Lord began to use all of that and began to talk to Greg and say, Greg, I know right where you are. I've got a plan for you. I haven't forgotten about you. And I'm telling you, there are so many others like Greg that are out there. You've got to pay it forward, church. He's been too good to us. Stand with me right now. Stand with me right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. And I'll tell you something else. Milton has an employee that he's been working with, working together with for quite some time. And court showed up in church a, a while back. And today we're going to baptize court in the name that is above every name. Just building a stretcher. 
just ripping a roof off. How can I connect? How can I serve? How can I help? And then y'all, beautiful church, loving on people, helping people. Here's the deal. God's cooking up a big old pot of gumbo just in time for fall and football. (laughs) And you are part of the ingredients. You make it better. And here's why we're so passionate around here. Like I said, we've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. But we have a product. There's nothing like what we are offering here. Freely we have received and freely we give. We believe that Jesus is on your side. God is for you and not against you. We believe he's a healer, a forgiver, a deliverer, a way maker. He'll meet you right where you are. Maybe you came in here today and you've been wondering if he even cares. Like, does he even care about me, pastor? I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I don't. You got to look around and understand. We're here to let you know he does care about you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. And Vince, some of us have more than others. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I'll get in trouble for that. But he knows the hairs on your head. He knows the number of your days. He knows right where you are. He not only knows where you are, he knows how you got there. He's loving and compassionate. He's a good father. He's a good God. You may have had your struggles in the past, but here we have a Jesus who loves you. He's not religious. He's not condemning you. He's offering you open arms and a fresh start and a do-over and another chance. There's faith in this house. There's grace in this house. There's hope in this house. Jesus is in this house right now. Can you lift your hands to him right now? Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by the preaching of God's word. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, or if you plan to attend one of our services, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.